The Holy Gospel according to John, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Passover of the Jewish people was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Judeans then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Judeans then said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. And after he was raised from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. God is not here. Shocking words, I hope for you to hear, coming from your pastor who is standing in your place of worship. Words that might make you want to turn over tables in here, maybe throw some hymnals around in disbelief. Perhaps you even want to drive me from this sanctuary, this temple. In fact, it might look like a scene similar to our gospel story today, where because I'm seemingly doing something heretical, something opposite of the gospel, making this place of worship not about worship, therefore it warrants me being driven out. But in fact, my words in this sermon today, at the beginning, are meant to mislead you a bit in terms of their meaning. Because, of course, God is here when we worship together, whether it be the three of us who share this broadcast with you all, even if you all are there instead of here. And yes, you are here with me now through the wonderment that is the Internet. But the real truth is, God is wherever you are, and not only here. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there God is. God is both here and not here because God is there with you. It's a both-and sort of situation. With all of you, even though you might be alone at home, you are with us together here online in worship, and God is present, really present, through our technology through our way of worshiping, through our way of being 
the Christian fellowship in this time of pandemic. This is why Jesus is so upset and has his outburst in the temple in today's gospel story. It's not only because of what is readily made available, made, made known to us in the story, that Jesus was upset about the temple becoming a place of commerce, a marketplace, that it's only a commercial system established in the temple to make a profit from adherence being faithful to God. That was very well a part of why Jesus was upset. But it's rather important to understand Jesus' actions in this story by understanding where he primarily did his ministry. It wasn't in the temple, although he did spend some time there on occasion to share radical messages, radical teachings. Jesus is upset about so much effort being put into temple worship when a greater worship of God would be to bring the news to those on the margins of society, those not in the temple in worship. It's really easy to understand Jesus' reaction and lesson through it in our gospel as a nullification of temple life. That the ancient ways of worshiping God are no longer necessary or pleasing to God. But this is not his point. Jesus simply wants to help those present understand that it is not the only place God is, nor the only place God can be worshipped. Jesus' actions and lessons point to himself as God made flesh, the temple made flesh, God incarnate being the truth that God can go outside of the temple and do amazing things. And the people spending all day in the temple should be out doing amazing things in the name of God, too. All of this reflection and realization this past week really struck me, especially in a time of pandemic where we feel so limited in doing so many things, even and especially ministry. We have no excuses because there is always some way we can do ministry. The church has done this. Faithful leaders of the church have done this for thousands of years through pandemics, through wars, through all kinds of suffering. There is always a way that we can be the church, be the hands of God and shed light on the loving mercy of God's kingdom. Myself and so many of my colleagues in this time of pandemic have been obsessing over how to make this online worship experience better, both in terms of how edifying, how pleasing it is for those who attend online, how fulfilling it can be, but also about how more refined and more professional we can make the technological aspects of worship. How can we make the production more flashy, more professional. Well, if Jesus came into this sanctuary now and heard me obsessing about all of these things, he might very well start turning over the tables of technology that we have set up right now. Because he would be upset about us falling short in our understanding of what true worship of God can look like. 
It's like one of my colleagues pointed out a few weeks ago. Instead of worrying about how to make online worship more polished, more professional, how about going out and feeding the poor, buying the thirsty something to drink, and so on. Now all this to say, I have and will keep striving to make this worship experience as meaningful as it can be when we are online together, because we can all easily agree that this is not ideal. But I hope that, like for me, the lesson of our gospel can challenge you in a way that seeks to bring more glory to God by doing God's work outside of this time and this space every Sunday every day of the week. And I know that this thinking, this understanding seems upside down. It seems backwards from how we've been church and the body of Christ all our lives. But the reality of this pandemic has forced us to question how we can be more authentically church when we are apart. We can get back to the basics of what Jesus did to start, and even though it sounds archaic and silly, all of our readings today remind us about the upside-down, backwards, and radical nature of being participants in the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean that we should hesitate to respond to these upside-down, backwards, radical ways of being in this world. That is, after all, why we call ourselves Christian. Because that very identity, that label for ourselves as followers of a man and God who died more than 2,000 years ago, it is upside down. It is backwards. It is illogical. But the truth is, we can't reason backwards with God's nature. God's nature is very backwards to everything in this world. It is upside down, it is counter, it is radical, it is opposite. But nonetheless, we are called to embody it. In our suffering state and in our joyful state. And that is where we lean on the cross like the Apostle Paul talks about today. Because the cross is wisdom for us all, both as suffering and as joy. But if the cross is only a sign of solidarity with the suffering world, then it is complete. It also speaks to the nature of God's nature, that misery loves company, because misery is not the end of our company with God. Redemption is still visible in the muddied eyes of the suffering cross. In the seemingly weak image of Christ crucified on the cross that we look at every Sunday is truly the most powerful image and action that we can conceive of. Our God dying for us. Most Protestant churches across the U.S. use empty crosses instead of the crucifix without the suffering image of Christ there. History gives a couple of interpretations. The modest Lutherans, for example, saw the bloody Jesus as too gruesome for its viewers. Protestants all over wanted different 
iconography than the Catholics, so they left it off. But then there are the more theological explanations. That like with the empty tomb upon Jesus' resurrection, the angel said, He is not here. Jesus is not here. God is not here in this temple. Only God is walking in the wilderness of this world, preaching good news to all those who suffer. God is navigating the thickness of this pandemic with each and every one of us. We focus too much on physical ways that we are being faithful and not focusing on our hearts being changed for faith and worship of God wherever we go with whatever we do. We can worship God where we are. We don't need to worry so much about the space and how it looks and where we do it because God goes with us. So may God go with you as you discern how to best worship God in the midst and witness of your everyday existence. To the glory of our God. Amen.